Well, as I mentioned, we finished the book of Romans. And, you know, there is so much. There is so, so much in every book. Um, where am I going to go next? You know, right here. Open the Bible up and start right here. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. We'll begin a series of studies. I don't think it'll take us two years like Mark did. Uh, 86 messages. That's only, what, 52 Sundays? And we didn't even do Bible study every Sunday. So that was yeah, pretty close to two years, year and a half. Year and a half. I don't think it's going to take us quite that long. Um, as Mark did. Huh? Well, that's Friday night Bible study, huh? When you get to be my age, you folks, when you get to be as old as I am, I know someday you will be. <laughs> you get, I just get forgetful. Yeah. It might, it might, we might be able to cover it in the amount of time we did Hebrews, I mean, uh, Romans. Well, tonight, this morning, we're just going to look at two verses here in Hebrews. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And Brother Don Fortner introduces these verses with this. He says, he says, If you are ever tempted to imagine that there might be some similarity between the weak, frustrated, helpless Jesus of this idolatrous generation and the exalted Lord of glory, if you are ever tempted to think that there's a similarity between the two, just reread the opening verses of the book of Hebrews over and over and over again. Here we have the Christ of God revealed to us. The real Christ, the true Christ, our all-glorious Savior, if the Christ you worship is not this Christ that we read about here, the Christ you worship is Antichrist, a false Christ. In the first two verses of the Holy Spirit shows us the unrivaled excellence of our Lord Jesus Christ in three glorious facts. And the first one we're going to see is the Word of God. Now let's read verses 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 1. God who at sundry times, different ways, and and in diverse manners, various, various ways, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. The whole Old Testament was given to prophets to go before the people and say, Thus saith the Lord. In the New Testament, we see the Lord Jesus Christ in red letters speaking to us personally. But in the Old Testament... The Son of God had not become flesh yet, so he spoke to prophets. He inspired them to speak to the people. Thus saith the Lord, said Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord, said Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord, said Ezekiel. Thus saith the Lord, said David. Thus saith the Lord, said Moses. The Lord Jesus Christ, in his unrivaled and as excellent as the Word of God, Verse 2, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Now, 
in this first or the second verse, we see these three points. We see first the word of God. It says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past by the fathers, by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. That's that's in verse one. I'm sorry. No, that's in verse two. I'll get it right here. And though God spoke to the men in the Old Testament in the types and shadows and ceremonies and pictures of the law and by visions of faithful prophets, all the law and the prophets spoke of and pointed to Christ Jesus. Now, we've been over that many times, haven't we? How often have we looked into the Old Testament and seen, well, here's a picture of Christ right here. This this, this sacrifice, this, this blood that was shed the very day that Adam and Eve sinned against God, when they tried to clothe themselves with their own works of their own hands, their own self-righteousness, God said that doesn't work. Here's the only way you're going to be clothed, and that's through the blood, the skins of this animal where blood was shed. Again, a picture, a type we see of Christ. Now, in these last days, God has spoken to us one more time, this time with finality and in one way. Did you ever notice that every time Christ did something, that was all it took? That was it. When he healed somebody, they were done. They were healed. When he fed those folks on the mountain that day, they were fed, all of them. When the Lord ceased the wind to, to blow that day, it was over. It was done. It was clear It was clear skies and, and a calm sea, wasn't it? That's because he's God. Isn't that wonderful? That Let me tell you why that works really well for me. Why that blesses me a great deal. That means that he's only got to save me once. That means when he saved me, he did it right. And it is finished. Isn't that what he said from the cross? It is finished. He does it, and he does it in one way. He does it by his son. That's what it says right there. It says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not one of many revelations. He is the revelation of the invisible God. Christ is not one of many words. He is the word of God. Look over, uh, or we know what the words say there in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You recall that. You and I cannot see God. We cannot know God. We cannot speak to God. We cannot be spoken to by God or come to God except for one way. The way. The Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over to Matthew chapter 11. And while you're turning to Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to read from John chapter 14, and then I'll join you over in Matthew chapter 11. In John chapter 14, verse 6, we read these words. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Does that not declare something to us, that he is the Son of God? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way. Over in Matthew chapter 11, we see these words. Over in Matthew chapter 11, I'm getting there. 
Look at verses 25 through 27. And at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven. We're talking about the way, the way to God the Father. You and I can't approach Him in the flesh alone. We need somebody. We need the way to approach God. And here it is. I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, even so... Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is not many revelations. He is the revelation. We see the only way to God is through the way, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. Without Him, there is no going to God. Folks, even in our saved sense, when even though God looks upon you and I, white as snow, without sin, it's only because of Christ. It's only because of what He's done for us. We can't approach Him on our own. We must approach Him in our Savior. Through our mediator, the one who sits on his throne right now, saying, I shed my blood for this one. The sins are paid. Oh, that's good news to you and I sinners, isn't it, Roger? (laughs) That's good news to sinners. Our mediator. That's the only way to approach God. Without him, there is no knowing God. Christ is life. Without him, there's no living before God. There's no prophet like Christ other than like Christ, our prophet, he is unrivaled in his excellency as the revelation of the invisible God. Next we see in that verse, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Our Lord Jesus Christ is unrivaled in his excellency as the heir of God, the appointed heir of all things. All things belong to Jesus. Everything. In John chapter 3, verse 35, we read these words, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into His hand. All things belong to our Savior, our great mediator, our substitute. He who is our Savior holds all things in His hands by the rightful and lawful possession. Being heir of all things, he has the absolute right to do exactly what he will with everything. Sovereign Lord over everything. None can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? No one in heaven or earth or hell is going to call him into account for what he does. Folks, our Lord does everything right. Everything. That's hard to understand as we go through this world of chaos around us, isn't it? It's hard to understand. It's hard to deal with. Our Lord is unrivaled in His sovereignty over the universe. Listen to the words of Matthew 28:18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In John 17:2, our Lord in His priestly prayer says this, As Thou hast given me, speaking to the Father, power over all flesh, 
that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, speaking of Christ. He who is God our Savior does as he wills, as he wills in the armies of heaven, in the armies of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth. He makes one vessel of honor and another vessel of dishonor, one vessel of mercy and another vessel of wrath, one to show forth the riches of his grace and another to show forth the severity of his justice. Oh, the grace of God and what he has done for you and I. And he does it exactly as it pleases him from all eternity. Christ is the appointed heir of all things personally. Listen to the words of Psalms 2 verse 8. The Lord God said, Ask of me, speaking to his son, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Our Lord is appointed heir of all things respectfully. Over in Hebrews chapter 6, and we'll look at this a little deeper when we get there, whether the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus, made high, made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Do you understand what that means after the order of Melchizedek? You know, Melchizedek was a king in the day of Abraham. There's no where in Scripture where it talks about where Melchizedek comes from and where he went afterwards, which is a picture of God Almighty. You can't tell where he came from. He's eternity. He's the eternal one. You can't tell where he went because he's eternal that way too. There are no beginning or endings to our God. That's what it means after the order of Melchizedek. He's a high priest after the order of the king Melchizedek and the king Melchizedek was a priest the only priest and king in scriptures outside of Christ Jesus the Lord our Lord is he who is the heir of all things he is the dispenser of all things I say to you this morning behold your God Jesus Christ is unrivaled in his excellency as the appointed heir of all things. Next we see he is the creator of all things. The Lord Jesus is unrivaled in his excellency as the creator of all the worlds, by whom also he made the worlds, as we see there in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. There is an obvious reference here to the distinct divinity and the personality of our Lord Jesus Christ as God the Son. John tells us this over in John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, how can that be misunderstood? Everything was created by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn over to Colossians. Colossians. Go to the left there, just a few pages. It's uh, right after Philippians. you got Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. talking about the one who created all things over here in Colossians chapter 1 verses 14 through 17 we read these words in whom we have redemption that's speaking of the blood of Christ through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones. Now, see, we're not just talking about the physical earth or the roundness of the earth. All the principles. You know how they say, uh, who's that guy who discovered gravity? What was his name again? I can't remember who it was. When the tree, when the apple fell from the tree, it fell. Newton's, Newton discovered gravity. Tree falls out of, or an apple falls out of a tree, goes around. Even that was created by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that's talking about. That's what that's talking about. Principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things, what? Consist. That means I consist. Honey, you consist. I'm so thankful that you consist by the power of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean that. <laughs> so it, it's hard for her to believe that at times. Trust me, I, I, I'm hard to live with. <laughs> Shilky? <laughs> Never mind. We won't go there any further. Okay, so everything our triune God does, He does through the mediation of Christ our Savior. The measurements of the universe were laid down by Christ, the power of the Son, the brilliance, Every star is energized by His sovereign power. Almighty is this irresistible will. It was Christ our Savior, the great mediator, the surety of His people, who laid down the foundations of the world. Christ is a creator of all things. When the Holy Spirit tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of the world, He's not suggesting that there might be more than one inhabited planet. Rather, that he is telling us that every realm of existence in the universe, I just expressed that to you a moment ago, gravity, that's what he's, that is what he's talking about. He's the creator of the lower world, is what that's talking about. He's the creator of our habitation, where we are right now. He defines the borders of our habitation. Our Lord is the Lord of all. Behold God's vast creation and everything in it. In all of its orderly splendor, its beauty. Have you ever considered the body? How beautiful it is, the body that God created? We can hear. We can feel. Sometimes, unfortunately, we can smell. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Shouldn't be that humorous, I guess. But <laughs> What a beauty. Christ Jesus, our Lord, created everything. All that is. To deny that Christ is the creator of all things and that he rules over all things is to deny that he is God. That's what free willism is. It's denying that he's God. 
saying I have power over God to make a decision of my own destiny. Oh, to be shown the truths of God's word. Do you know that to deny our God is to mock him? Did you know that? It's to blaspheme him. It's to attempt to deny him of his glory. How often have we spoken about going through the red lights? Oh, another red light. Oh, another red light. Man, I've got all these red lights. I'm going to be late. No, you're not. I guarantee you, you're going to get there exactly when the Lord wants you to be there. Exactly how He wants you to be there. And you're going to go through all that He exactly what He wants you to go through to get there, including red lights. To deny the throne of our Lord Jesus is to deny you and I hope. Isn't that where our only hope is? Yes. Is that He is God and that He controls everything. If He doesn't control everything, what is our hope in then? If He doesn't work everything out according to His counsel, including our troubles, you know, when those storms raged up against the apostles in the sea, who was it that brought those storms on them? Was that not God? Was that not God who brought that storm against His against his people? Why? So that his people would come to him and say, Lord, do you not care about us? Do you not care if we die? It says in John chapter 17, verse 2, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. All power is given unto him. Romans 14.9 For this is the end. Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. That covers it all. None but an absolute sovereign Lord can save his people. None but an absolute sovereign can be trusted completely. None but an absolute sovereign Lord can save. None but an absolute sovereign Lord will be worshipped. Long time ago, a prophet Isaiah wrote of the greatness and the superiority and the excellence of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, unto us a son is given. You know, I want to make sure I got all that right. Let me just, I'm going to turn over real quick. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. I, we just, I just preached on this not too long ago, but my mind is weak. Isaiah 9, not 6. I want to make sure I got it right. Okay. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. This is Isaiah. Now he's, he's declaring who the Lord Jesus Christ is thousands of years before Christ ever walked this earth. And the government... We've seen this, haven't we? we? We know what that means. That means everything. That means all principalities, all powers, everything that you and I 
thought at one time was ruled by either Mother Nature, Lady Luck, or whatever other foolishness we had in us, all of that is ruled by our Savior. The government is on His shoulders. That's what Isaiah said. What else did he say there? He said, and, and His name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. What a description of Christ the Lord. Isn't that how we see Him? Isn't that what we think of when we think of our Lord? How wonderful that you would save a wretch like me. Oh, I know, folks, we think at times we just don't deserve it. Our faith is small. Yet our Lord is wonderful. Wonderful to you and I. Counselor. Counselor, the mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then hundreds of years later after that, an angel appeared to Mary and announced that though she was a virgin, though she had never known a man, she would conceive and bring forth a son by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that her child would be the Son of God the Savior of His people, Jesus. He said these words over in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. He shall be great. This is the angel speaking to Mary. He shall be great. Oh, wonderful. And He shall be called the Son of the Highest. God in the flesh. And the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. We read in Colossians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, that it is the will and the purpose of the triune God that all that in all things he, our Lord Jesus Christ, might have the preeminence. I ask you this morning, does God have the preeminence in you? We're going to look into this a great deal deeper here in our next message. It says that he might have the preeminence for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Now that which God spoke by the prophet, announced by his angel, and proclaimed by his apostles has come to pass. In Hebrews 1 through 4, the Spirit of God informs us that the Lord Jesus Christ is superior to, greater than, and exalted above all things. In fact, this is really what this entire book is going to be about. This excites me. This excites me about this book. I, I love to read about the exaltation of my Savior. I love to place him up just as that serpent was placed up above. Because see, I've been bitten by the, the serpent of sin. And I know I have. And I know I've got the, 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 the killing poison going through the blood of this body. Every day I get up and I'm reminded of the poison that goes through this body. As soon as this mind starts to think, sin comes forth. This book, this book of Hebrews, 
It's all about my Lord being greater than anything that was promised in the Old Testament. It's a, a key word in the book here is better. Better things. Better Savior. Better sacrifices. The primary purpose of this book is to show us that Christ is better than all who came before Him. He is better than the prophets, better than the angels, better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than Aaron. His surety is a better covenant. Ooh. Woo! Friday night study, huh, folks? Those of you who've joined us for Friday night. That might have to be one of our Friday night studies. We're studying the characteristics of grace. A better covenant. Establishing upon better promises, giving a better hope. Christ our Savior is better than the tabernacle. It's better than the altar. He's better than the mercy seat. He's better than everything. He's giving us better access to His Word through Him rather than through the prophets. He's giving us a better understanding of what His Holy Word means. In all things, Christ is better than all others. He is infinitely better. He's in a better word here to put it. Unrivaled. Do you know what that means? Nothing can compare to our Savior. Amen.